T. Higgins has been ruled out for Sunday's game with a hamstring injury. What about Jamar Chase? The latest on the Bengals' top weapons. Plus, it's game preview time. Bengals-Texans at Paycor Stadium. I'll just hit it. It don't matter. I can edit it. Okay. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome in to another edition of the Locked on Bengals podcast. He is Jake Lisko. That's right. He's back. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Follow wherever you get your podcasts. And today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Jake, the news of the week, and, and welcome back. Jake has been traveling. He's fine. He's ready to go. You can see him if you're watching on YouTube. Um, T. Higgins officially ruled out about an hour ago. Um, and by officially, I mean Ian Rappaport reported it. Uh, full disclosure, I think I can share it now since it's news. It, this has kind of been the feeling and the vibe since he suffered that hamstring injury on Wednesday that he wasn't going to be able to play this week. And so now that we know that we'll see how long he's out, but the Bengals going to be shorthanded on offense against the Texans. And we're going to talk a lot about injuries in this episode. Overall, we got to start with the Bengals stars, of course, but if you listen to the crossover yesterday, big story for the Texans, all the injuries there, the Bengals also dealing with some stuff. T Higgins highlighting that just terrible timing, right? Just started to get going. He's had a rough season overall, had the broken rib, probably still has the broken rib, but is seeming to play comfortably through it. Been playing well for a couple of games. And with Jamar Chase also dealing with that back injury, those things going together, you hope Jamar is able to play at a high level like himself. And he's not too limited by the back injury, knowing that you don't have T because we've seen this team for, for a couple of years now overcome losing one of those two guys. But if Jamar is at a diminished capacity, plus you don't have T Higgins, that makes things a lot harder. No doubt. And that's, I think that's why, and I told, I, I think I can say this too. It's it's fun to open up the cupboard. And yesterday I certainly wasn't able to, to do that on, on any platform. Uh, I, I was talking to T and I was like, it's one thing to not have one of you. To not have either of you is a whole nother animal. And so I, I'll go out there. I, and no one's told me that he's playing, to be clear, with, with Jamar. But I do think Jamar Chase is going to play. And he did a little bit more on Thursday. He was limited. Didn't do anything on Wednesday. He did walk out to practice uh, uh, roughly an hour into the session on Wednesday, but was limited on Thursday. Even if he's limited again on Friday, he admitted he didn't need any team reps from a physical standpoint. He's not worried about that. One of his teammates said, ah, Jamar doesn't need to practice. He could go out there and still have 110 yards and 10 catches. Like That's just how he is. So there's confidence in him if he's able to go. And the fact that he told us MRI-wise it was clean and that there's no structural stuff, that was my that, – that's the scary part, I guess, when, when he on Monday talked about the potential for we'll see tomorrow and all of those things. If everything's fine structurally, then this is just a soreness thing. Well, he's 23. 
And, and he said it's the most sore he's felt after a game, but I know he was much better today. I think he'll be better certainly Friday, Saturday, and then by the game on Sunday. I expect Jamar to be pretty close to, to normal Jamar when the, the game actually starts and he needs to go out there. So to your point, if he was limited, it would really hurt. I'm expecting him to be all right. And if he's all right, then any concerns about the offense slowing down again, hitting a rut again, are diminished, I would say, especially given the matchup. And as I alluded to earlier, some of the injuries the Texans are dealing with, they've got two significant ones in their secondary. Derek Stingley trying to get back this week. I think we'll see there. That's a big we'll see. Steven Nelson, I don't believe, has practiced either day this week. And he's been their best corner this year. Derek Stingley obviously knows Joe Burrow and Jamar pretty well from their time back at LSU. I'm sure he would love to play in this game. But if those two guys are missing, Will Anderson's been dealing with injury this week as well. There's Blake Cashman, too, who's been playing really well for the Texans. There's some guys on this defense that if they miss, kind of takes the teeth out of the defense a little bit. And if you get Jamar, and as you say, if he's actually playing at a high level, playing like himself, then I feel like you still feel pretty good about the offense in this game. Agreed, especially with the way Burrow's been dialed in. But I do think it's interesting, the the idea, and we have to talk about Sam Hubbard as well, but these receivers behind Jamar and how it looks. Obviously, it's still Tyler Boyd. We have Trent Irwin, Andre Yosevash. We could see Charlie Jones back again this week. It isn't official. I think it could go down to the wire on Saturday. Who knows if if it if they are able to to activate him or decide to activate him? We'll see. But he's practiced the past couple of days. But you have some young guys and obviously a familiar face in Trent Irwin that you could be banking on in different different uh, scenarios throughout the game. And I think it would be a trio, certainly a a duo with Yosevash and, and Trent Irwin replacing T and then we'll see about Charlie Jones, but at least those two guys would be in line to get a bunch more snaps with T out. What's your feeling on Charlie Jones? Two, two days of full practice for him Wednesday, Thursday, obviously if he can go, I think that helps. I mean, you think about the way they use the tight ends last week, right? And you say, you know, they'll use all of them. They'll use all the weapons at their disposal. They'll have a, a, a role in mind for each of those guys. We'll probably talk about tight ends. Do we see another week of the tight end? You know, but but what's your feeling on Charlie Jones? Yeah, I think he can go. Like, I think he's ready to go. And it's going to be up to the, the medical staff, the coaches. Do they want to get him in-game action before that Baltimore game? And does the Thursday game matter at all to them? I, with T, like, officially out and we know he's out, I think they probably go ahead and and, and make him active now. That could mean Trent Irwin still returning punts. You take it light on Charlie and go that route. You have him as a receiving option, but you leave Irwin back there on punt return, so you're just not pushing it too much, putting Charlie in too much danger. I don't know if that'll be the case. But, uh, yeah, if I had to guess one way or the other, I I would say you get him up. Part of it is, who's your slot behind Boyd? And and I know you can move Chase around, of course, but Yoshi, you're probably playing him outside. Irwin is obviously better as an outside receiver we've seen at least I, I believe that so it would be nice to have another option there in the slot it would be nice but they also will play Trent Norwin inside I, I think you can improve on that I, I agree with you that Irwin seems to play better when he's out wide but he's also found production over the middle of the field when he has been playing can obviously work that area of the field from the slot as well but what's he most comfortable with 
what position does he know best out of all the wide receiver alignments and the different things that they ask from the X, Y, and Z in their offense. That's going to dictate that. But, I, I mean, Jamar Chase game, if he's feeling good, if you think he's going to be operating like he's not hurt, I mean, when we've seen this offense at their best this year prior to last week, prior to the T. Higgins game, the tight end game, it was when they ran through Jamar Chase, they looked good. Yeah. I, I think we could certainly see that again. I just, he's a freak. And and I didn't buy the doubt that was in his his voice on Monday, as long as there wasn't anything structural. And I think he was feeling better today. And like I said, we'll continue to improve. So I wouldn't rule that out. The other thing, before we switch gears, talk a little bit about Sam Hubbard and, and start to dive into this this game a bit, is Andre Yosevash. I think that deep ball is coming. They've kind of set the table for it. And I think that this might be the week where they, they unleash it. They haven't targeted him deep downfield yet. He has two touchdowns, both in the red zone. I think this could be the week that 80 catches a deep one from Joe. They keep putting a little bit in for him every week. Is, is this a deep ball? And then they've had it in for him. He just hasn't gotten the target. So it's not like they haven't tried. So we could see it again. That's a great, great point. And the, the natural role for him to fill would be more of the T Higgins role, bigger, the bigger body, backup as it were so it'd be interesting to see how yoshi's use and how they use the receivers because like i said they, they have very specific stuff in mind for those tight ends last week and and you could probably see a similar deployment for the receivers that aren't chase and boyd assuming that those guys obviously boyd hasn't had an injury but assuming that those guys are at 100 percent this week so let's keep talking about it let's get the sam hubbard update as well coming up next today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy the way it should be, the largest DFS platform in North America. And it's the easiest, most exciting way to play DFS. And it's pretty simple. You pick more or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. So maybe you look up at Prize Picks and you see, oh, well, with T. Higgins out, Jamar Chase is more. That's really enticing. Well, then you go with the more with Jamar Chase. And you could say, well, I think that Joe Burrow is still going to hit the more on his passing yards. Well, there you go. That's the two that you need. Or you could pick a bunch and, and go up to six and earn up to 25 times the, the amount that you put in on that more or less combination. They offer quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types. So maybe you want to go more on Andre Yosevash. Oh. It'll be in there, so check them out today. They also offer Apple Pay to make it that much more convenient for you. So make sure you check it out, prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. You know our listeners spend a lot of time listening to Locked On Bengals. We talk a lot about wins, losses, who's going to start, how are they going to use those guys. Today, we're going to talk about something a little more personal. For example, you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You know what that means? Extended travel. You don't have to worry about anything disrupting your supply. And it's possible because of our friends at Jace Medical who are sponsoring this episode. Right now at jacemedical.com, you can receive a 12-month supply of your daily medication. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. In addition to that, we've told you about the prescriptions in the past. 
a verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half just to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply with Jace. I also ordered an, an, an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. So if you or someone you love will get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember, promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. All right, Jake, let's dive into Sam Hubbard and not having him. He didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. I don't expect him to play on Sunday against Houston. That's kind of the general consensus, even though it's not like Zach Taylor's come out and said it. There isn't uh, a national reporter saying it, but uh, the vibes around Hubbard, I feel like similar to T from a status standpoint for this week, not duration, how long they could be out, all of those things to be clear. But with no Hubbard, does your mind instantly go to Miles Murphy or does it go elsewhere? Because I, I do think it's it's an interesting question here on who fills what spot uh, if Hubbard can't go. I think similar to wide receivers, right? Cam Sample, big role on base downs. Uh, and then in the nickel, I think they still like Cam Sample kicking inside from time to time when it's not DJ Reader and BJ Hill out there. And then who do they put in that spot? Do you get Miles Murphy some work there? Do you get Joseph Osai some work there? Do you get some combination for all those guys? And I think it's the latter. I think that they probably, again, will have packages and roles in mind for each of those guys and the big question for me after we've seen for a couple of weeks in a row that bj hill sam hubbard stunt be very effective and it was disruptive i don't know if you talked about this with sans it was very disruptive in that game this week mm -hmm. and and made a big difference and, and had a huge play in that game a couple of weeks ago as well so who executes that better with bj hill is there chemistry there with any of those guys to make that move work? Is there a physical skill set that makes that work better with one guy than another guy? That, that I think is interesting as well, because that could affect things a little bit, but I have to imagine Cam Sample sees the biggest boost in, in snaps. And, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, maybe, maybe there's a different feel around the facility, but I would expect that they, there'd be more of a rotation than we're used to seeing without Sam Hubbard there. Cause he ordinarily would just play a ton. He plays the most out of any of the, including Hendrickson. He's been on the field the most. He had like 78%, I think, of the, the Bengals' defensive snaps. There has to be more of a rotation. And this is, you're looking for the opportunity. Of those three guys, Cam Sample's been the one that showed up this year. And I, not that Miles hasn't. He's still learning, right? So I'm not trying to be critical of Miles. But there was a time, and it wasn't that long ago, before that final preseason game, where Joseph Osai was like this sneaky, oh, he's going to bring the pass rush. He's the guy that's going to take a step forward. And now he, that this past week, he was outsnapped by Miles Murphy. He played in that third preseason game, and the coaches said he needed the reps. And so there's some kind of weird disconnect. And obviously, he got nicked up, and that's part of it. And he's coming back. Joseph Osai, this is an opportunity to get back whatever, whatever happened, whatever the case is. He's, he'll get more snaps this week. Obviously, it's a step for Miles Murphy or a chance for him to take a step in his rookie season. He's flashed some. Our, our guy, Sam's talked about it at the end of the pod earlier this week. Make sure you check that out if you haven't with our film review. But to me, it, it's, it stinks because we know how valuable Sam Hubbard is. But there's a reason why you drafted Miles Murphy. There's a reason yeah. why people are high on, on Joseph Osai. And Cam Sample's the one of the three that's taken the biggest leap and been the most valuable 
of those three guys. So I think you should be fine, but I am curious to see how it plays out. And I agree with you. It would be a, a much more of a rotation than we're used to seeing. Sam Hubbard's a great player. We've, we've talked about his role quite a bit, but he's not the guy generating chaos, generating pressures on his own super frequently. He's not the guy you would point to on the defensive line for that. Sam Hubbard and, and this year, DJ Reader at times, BJ Hill, those guys were all still playing. So if you can get a rotational effort, a collective effort that, that steps up and approximates Sam Hubbard when you need that, then you can do okay. I mean, the Texans are not a team that's going to run the ball super effectively. So if you have to miss Sam Hubbard for a game, knowing that his strength is in that that run defense on the edge, setting the edge, doing a really good job with his responsibilities there, you could pick a worse week than than this one, I think. Like when I think about this game, I like think next week. <laughs> right. Like when exactly, right? Like when I think about this game, I'm thinking about how do you disrupt CJ Stroud? And, sure. and some of that's going to be schematic. Some of that's going to be Lou doing things to change the picture on the rookie and, and trying to bait him into mistakes like we see him do with elite quarterbacks. I wonder, I just had this thought, and I would assume Lou would prepare for this game like he would for any quarterback, but we so often see Lou's defense put forward their best performances against elite quarterbacks or really high productive offenses like San Francisco, where I'm not willing to say elite quarterback, but that's been a heck of an offense this year, right? Mm-hmm. So what kind of game plan do you have for CJ Stroud? But, you know, that aside, Jimmy's and Joe's instead of X's and O's conversation is you can still get after him with the guys you have. And and that, I think, obviously still starts with Trey. You, you lose a little bit of something with Sam just because he plays so much, has that chemistry with B.J. Hill, understands his role so well in the defense. But, you know, there are worse weeks as, as I allude to some of the matchup keys that I'm thinking about. And I'm looking at the, the Texans passing game and, yeah. and that's the big, you know, Vegas sign around it that, that I'm looking at from a defensive perspective this week. Right. So, and that wasn't a hint. I'm not in Vegas for anyone who is trying to guess. Right. But you're, you're thinking about it. the Texans passing game. I love it. I love that you read that because someone definitely was going to tweet us. Like Jake Lisko is in Vegas. We know it. Um, no, he's not in Vegas, um, but he does use prize picks. And up next, let's dive into more of this game. The injuries, while they're mounting for both teams, we've covered the Bengal side of things as far as injuries go, but let's get into the game a little bit more X's and O's wise. I didn't make an official prediction, so maybe I'll do that as well. We'll see if we have time for that as the game preview rolls on. We will do that coming up next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness, anxiety. It's getting dark at 5 p.m. now, which is absolutely awful. And adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. And therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything that's going on in your life. If you've thought about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, extremely convenient, and flexible. You can suit it to your schedule. Even the busiest people can find time for better help because they're so flexible and because they're entirely online. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. 
Anybody that follows the NFL, James, I think has seen a national reporter tweet something about the crazy injury report from the Houston Texans this week. Yeah. 23 yeah. players out of 53 on the active roster listed. And it did get better for what it's worth on Thursday for the Texans. They, they saw some progress. They got limited participation from Will Anderson after he missed Wednesday. They got limited participation from Laramie Tunzel after he missed Thursday. So if they can get those guys... You're feeling a lot better about things. If you're the Texans, yes. at least you have a couple of your big pieces. Uh, George Fant also was limited, the other starting tackle for the Texans. He went full on Thursday. But the one that stands out to me as I was thinking about the passing game, and earlier this week, I mean, I made clear my respect for these Texans receivers, despite mm -hmm. what somebody replied to me on Twitter and said that he's throwing to a bunch of people that nobody knows their name. I mean, maybe people don't know these names yet. Tank Dell, Nico Collins, really, really good players. But Nico mm -hmm. Collins showed up on Wednesday with that calf injury, then didn't practice Thursday. Don't know exactly what's going on there, James. I don't know if you have more information on that or not, but like that's pretty similar to what happens, you know, when T. Higgins shows up Wednesday yeah. limited, then doesn't practice Thursday, or could be. I, I don't I don't know exactly what's going on with Nico Collins, but that's always the the fear when you see those midweek limiteds into DMPs. No doubt, and and that's such a huge part of their game. Look, they, they've had a lot of success with the obviously throwing the ball. You mentioned it. They can't really run it. They're making C.J. Stroud make those decisions, leaning on him. He's done a great job. He's taking care of the football in the big play factor. Nico Collins is someone I thought was sneaky in like these deep fantasy leagues a couple of years ago, and uh, he, he's finally breaking out, and it's because he has a quarterback that can get him the ball. He's a really good player. Tank Dell. Tank Dell is my kind of receiver. He's explosive. He's a game changer. And he's the smallest guy on the, every field he steps on, unless Deuce Vaughn is the only other guy on the field. So it's uh, it, it's an interesting matchup offensively because they want the explosive plays. Yeah. And I think this is a good test for the Bengals. We'll see on Collins' health. I, I'll just assume that he's going to be able to play. I'd have nothing on it because I, I'm just not there. Um, and, yeah. and I haven't asked around enough uh, yet. Maybe we'll find out more. Maybe by the time this is is posted for everyone, but it's a, it's a nice challenge I think for this defense because you're right they're not huge names, but I think the players when they watch the film, impressed by C.J. Stroud, a lot of the defenders mentioning that right away on and off record, and that's usually when you realize they'll, they'll praise everybody on record, but off record too they're impressed with him. Tank Dell, I think they they believe he's he's a very real talent. Nico Collins as well. And uh, so, yeah, they have some dudes. And, and, and Dalton Schultz is a guy that both of us were were open to yeah. in free agency, and he landed in Houston. So their offense is going to be a, a nice test, I think, for this defense. And that doesn't mean that the Bengals shouldn't be able to contain it. The home road splits are wild for Houston. When you, mm -hmm. you talk about keys, and we've talked about fast starts for this de or for this offense for in, for weeks and weeks and weeks, I think the defense getting off to a fast start not letting this Houston offense get into a rhythm early on, keeping the crowd in it. I think that's all huge of going up against a young team that is clearly confident on offense after what they did last week. I think like you always get with Lou, like sometimes there's first drives, second drive issues, but then he kind of figures out what he wants to do, where he wants to attack, what the team is doing that week and what part of his defensive plan will work for that thing that the opponent is trying to lean into, right? And with a rookie quarterback, it can be more challenging sometimes, but there's plenty of tape 
on CJ Stroud at this point. I think it's pretty clear what this offense wants to be. Like you said, they want to get explosive. The Bengals just had their best week against explosive plays, I think. I haven't double-checked that, but I'm pretty sure their performance against the Bills, where the Bills had a really high success rate in that game. We've talked about success rate before, and and they were able to move the ball somewhat effectively. The EPA per play and, and the explosive play rate were not so good for the Bills that week. And when you can make a team live like that, especially a team that doesn't have Joe Burrow at quarterback, because the Bengals often live that way too. They have a quarterback and a group of skill players that can overcome it. When you can make a rookie quarterback play that way, missing his most explosive weapon, averaging over 17 yards a catch in Nico Collins, still some really good players, right? Still think Tank Dell's great. Noah Brown is coming on and, and looks like a real player for them at receiver. Dalton Schultz, like yeah. you mentioned, good player and, and has been very productive at times as well. Like he can distribute the ball. And and I don't mean any disrespect to, uh, to, to CJ Stroud, but can change a picture on him a little bit, can can confuse him potentially. We still can make him be patient. You know? See if he can yeah. be patient, right? See yep. if you can bait him into big game hunting. Something we talked about with Burrow at times in his career that he's he's no evolved and grown from. No doubt. And I, I think that that's the part of this. He, he's an impressive rookie, but he's still a rookie. And the 14 touchdowns, one interception. The Bengals have to be so <laughs> like foaming at the mouth at saying, all right, let's end this right now. This idea that he's going to come in and not turn the ball over at all. And, and so, yeah, it, it's a good test. And I, I think it, it comes at the right time and them doing what they did last week. Like, I don't think that the Bengals are sleeping on the Texans at all. I, I'm yeah. not saying they'll win the game. I don't think they're sleeping on them. I don't think they're looking ahead. I think they realize how good Houston is, how much talent they do have. And like Will Anderson, for example, I know this offensive line's like, oh, that dude's a guy. Like he's that they love his one player on the team, and I don't I don't know if he wants me to name him, so I won't. He's like, oh, that guy's gonna be in the league in 15 years still. He's so technically sound and, and just does the right stuff. He's still gonna play 15 years from now. And he's like, not a lot of edge rushers uh, are that way. They rely on their athleticism. He's like, this guy has both. And so he was limited. I, I think he's gonna bounce back, it feels like, and, and play. And so this is a nice test for the Bengals, and I don't think they're sleeping on Houston at all. When the Bengals had the ball, just with the amount of injuries that we've alluded to, like if Steven Nelson and Derek Stingley aren't playing, and yeah. and there's a limitation in the defensive trenches, Jonathan Grenard, I think, was also on the injury report this week. That's their two edge rushers, Anderson and Grenard. And so we'll see if those guys are at 100% or how well they're playing. But the way the Bengals' offense is going right now, the way that Joe Burrow is playing right now, to allude to what I've said about him so many times in the last few years, the timing with which he's playing right now, he's getting rid of the ball, making the offensive line look way better at times mm-hmm. than I even notice, right? And then you watch it back on film and you're like, oh man, like Burrow got rid of that right before he was about to get hit and and repeating that throughout the game, right? And so you get that going a little bit, probably run the ball a little bit on the Texans, I want to say. Seems like it should be possible. We'll see what's going on with Blake Cashman. Again, like I said, he's been excellent for the Texans. Uh, uh, second contract breakout for Cashman. So the injuries are a big deal. And, and that makes it a little bit hard to predict You know where the ball is going to flow, what, what the offensive coaches will look to exploit when Joe Burrow's out there on the field. But the way he's been playing lately gives you a lot of confidence against any defense in the league. And I think that 
the Texans defense is, is certainly included in that, the way things are going right now. So, you know, the, the summary is injuries are a big wild card. The Texans are better than we thought they'd be coming into this year. But at home, especially where Joe Burrow is so great with the count and using it to get more information pre-snap, we've seen the Texans road home splits. You talked about those yesterday in the crossover. This points to a game the Bengals should take care of business in, but they do need to take care of business. Uh, you mentioned a prediction, though, James. You have yeah. a score? You ready to go? I, I, I do. I am ready to go. I think it's going to be 27-17. The Bengals okay. don't necessarily get to 30 uneven offensively, but enough. And the Texans have a few big plays, but it's nothing crazy. And the defense is able to contain and, and keep another team under 20. And I think that that's realistic. It might not be the prettiest game, but uh, Sunday at about 4.30 Eastern time, it, the, the focus will automatically shift to Baltimore on a short week. So that's, uh, that's my prediction. I think they get it done. So hard to not talk about the Baltimore game. It's so hard to not just think about that game nonstop. It's going to be we so can. important. I said it earlier in the week. We can think about whatever we want. They, yeah. They're the ones that got to go out there. <laughs> Fans always get on us because when we get ahead, that means the team's getting ahead. This is our responsibility, according to our listeners, okay? Hey, so they're very aware that Baltimore is looming. That doesn't mean yeah. that they, they can't be focused for C.J. Stroud. We will like, uh, we'll talk about the I'm, Baltimore game. I'm aware that we have to do a post-game show, but I'm still focused on this show. <laughs> We'll do a post-game show, do one segment on the game, and, and the other 20 minutes we'll be like, man, but Baltimore. <laughs> we will not do that. We no, will we not won't. do We're that. Gonna... But, uh, Jake, you've been out for a couple of days, so you got to take us out of here with your famous tagline. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get you covered after the game with the takeaways from the game for a full post-game recap here on Locked On Bengals. Until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.